Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Young. Good to have you join us. Feeling down? Well, not when you're listening to Roundtable, but you know, in other times. Ever consider? Paying to chat with a stranger online to feel better? Well, lots of folks are giving it a try in China, but there are worries too. Join us as we take a peek into the world of online counseling that's just getting started, and we share with you what's made us happy this week in Roundtable's Happy Plays. For today's program, I'm joined by Li Yi in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show. Many of us were online in the last three years in ways we wouldn't have imagined pre-pandemic, like for psychological counseling and therapy, telemedicine, which enables video or phone appointments between a patient and their healthcare practitioner, benefits both health and convenience. The pandemic accelerated the use of telemedicine for mental healthcare. Now, with more awareness of mental health in the public consciousness. People are turning to online services for comfort, healing, solace, and guidance. A shortage of licensed therapists in this country persists. Yet the expanding demand for psychological support finds a partial remedy in online e-commerce vendors like Taobao. Questions concerning the efficacy and safety of these services loom. For those genuinely requiring psychological assistance, so let's take a look at what's going on now. There seems to be a lot of chat services flourishing online. Of course, you'll need to pay for it. So, give us an update on that. Yes, it's quite interesting because when you look for such chat services on those platforms, including those e-commerce platforms, a major like advertisement word would be comfort or guidance, and usually those chat service providers would just、uh, label themselves as companion chats instead of like traditional psychological counseling. And obviously, such services are way cheaper than traditional psychological counseling. Counseling or therapy. For example, there's a lady,、uh, surname Du,、uh, in her 29 years old. She launched her online chat service store on e-commerce platform Taobao in April, and she only charges for five yuan for each session or say each conversation. And、uh, usually, she would just talk to her customer for however long they want. And usually, each session or conversation could just last for two to three hours. And during this Session. She just listened to her customers, like their worries and what they're thinking about, and what they want, really want to communicate with her. And so, obviously, it's much cheaper than like professional offline counseling, where usually you will find a single therapy, which is the cost to you for hundreds of yuan or even one thousand yuan for one single session.、It、really depends on the qualification and experience of the counselor, and also. When you look at those chat services, most of service providers don't really have qualifications, or sometimes they haven't really received very professional training, say counseling training. And、uh, for example, there's also a store、uh, owned by、uh, a 
A gentleman surnamed Huang, he has actually employed around 40 staff members and is really hiring more to meet excess demand. And among like all his 50 staff members who are providing such chat services online, only two have undergone professional training. And also according to his hiring advertisement like the threshold for such service providers is really low as long as you are over 18 years old and as long as you're healthy and you're chatty sometimes if you have a nice voice it would be really better and you can be applied for such a provider of such chat services so this is also really arising like uh, controversies or debates over the safety and security of such mm. chat services because sometimes some people are only for companionship but some people are really looking for advices or solutions especially when they are experiencing a uh, major psychological crisis yeah so it sounds like the online platforms are providing this kind of um conduit for all kinds of demands, which fall under the umbrella term of psychological support. Yeah. So, well, how do you feel about this, Josh? Um, can people get what they want in safety? I think so. I, I do think that one needs to be very careful. Um, but I think that online help, online psychological help has developed a lot in the past decade. And I think that there are a lot of great options out there for people. I mean, one of the big issues with getting support, psychological support, um, of course, is the stigma. And that stigma can really weigh heavy on people. Um, people can feel, I think, often quite embarrassed or shy about admitting that they go and get psychological help. And that can really prevent people from wanting to physically go there. And I think that the fact that these days you can do this online is actually really fantastic. I think that it can offer people an easier way to get in touch with somebody and start to, you know, an easier way to start rebuilding their life. I, I know that there are some some cons to this and definitely maybe seeing somebody in person could be more effective in some ways. But I think these days, you know, there are so many qualified people on online as well. Hmm. See, I'm not sure if everybody's so optimistic about um, you're seeing somebody who's qualified online. Because I think with some of us, we only want to feel less lonely, maybe, and just to have a human being and not a chatbot to give you a response online and keep the conversation flowing and feel like, oh, this person is here for me even if i paid a fee and only for maybe this next hour but that helps but there's also you know this whole other realm of a psychotherapy which is very professional and it's not an area that i have expertise in to uh give you like in-depth knowledge but even with a superficial sweep online of research on the subject, I understand that it does a lot for you, like professional therapy. Of course, there's the like the clinical diagnosis aspect of things. Let's say if it's depression, bipolar disorder, and other psychological disorders, then that's one thing. But let's shelve it for the moment. And there are a lot of other things that therapy can do for you. Like maybe you need sleep. 
but before bed, your thoughts start racing. Or maybe you need to set some boundaries with a loved one, but as soon as you're face to face with them, you overcommit or you want to speak up more at work, but when you have the chance, you second guess yourself and lose confidence. And these things are everyday things that a lot of us go through. And apparently through therapy with a really good therapist that matches with you, then they can help you. So I can understand why like during some economic uncertainty or just a hardship in life, we feel it'll be good to hear from someone who actually knows this stuff and can provide you with some kind of help. And it's even better if you could just do that online without the need to drive, walk, register to a physical place and find that person. So so I understand the need, but it's just how do you connect with the right person? I think that's the really difficult part. Yeah, I think that's actually a very tricky issue because sometimes as you said people are only looking for companionship they're only looking for someone who can listen to them who can really respond to them and also sometimes when you are really feeling down and you are desperate to find someone to talk to sometimes if you really want to you know talk about everything with your friends, you will feel guilty because you don't really want to treat them as a trash bin of your very negative moods. And sometimes it can be really smart to like pay and find someone online, especially a stranger, um, to simply talk uh, through your mental struggles and talk through your daily worries. And um, however, I feel like sometimes it really depends on the mental state of the customer, uh, quote unquote customer, because sometimes um, if the person who is looking for help is aware of his or her mental state, I think that's okay for him or her to find someone like in this like chat surveys online to simply talk to them. However, sometimes they might not really aware of what's really going on there in my mind. They're, they can only feel about their strong emotions, strong feelings, and they don't really know what to do about it. However, when you're looking for like suggestion or solutions, because when you're looking at this news, um, these chat service providers, they are really offering solutions and suggestions to their customers. However, you really want to guarantee that if someone is really undergoing for, uh, for example, say psychological crisis, those people who are offering such intervention or suggestions are qualified or not to offer such uh, solutions or suggestions because if they're not really that specialized and if they're not really an expert in that, sometimes it can also lead to like even more serious problem. Mm -hmm, So that's why I'm really conservative about such services. So is it like at the moment, it's kind of the buy and beware kind Mm -hmm. of situation of the so-called customer that if you think that my situation is quite dire, then I should probably go visit a physical institution with a licensed medical care provider, as opposed to, well, most people, at least online, they say that I'm just not feeling great. Mm -hmm. And I would like some help. And therefore, they turn to online places. I think it's the initial contact to find the right person or the licensed person can be can be kind of a difficult thing from time to time. But we do see that um, the demand for 
some kind of psychological support is on the rise in this country, and there's a lot more discussion about mental health services. But I feel maybe because we work in this profession and we talk about this kind of stuff, I feel all the time on on our show, and we might be under an illusion that the wider public actually do treat mental health as just an everyday situation. For a lot of people, there is still the stigma like um, Josh mentioned earlier, and just getting familiarized with the idea is still sort of what they're trying to, to grapple with. So Li Yi, you know, since COVID, mental health has been talked about more in this country. Could you give us an overview on where we're at now? Yeah, I think mental health issues, they are really being discussed a lot of times, especially since the pandemic, especially when you're looking at the fact that um, mental health issues, they are simply on the rise in China, especially depression and anxiety. They are the two most prevalent mental health disorders in China, according to the WHO, around 54 million and 41 million people in China suffer from depression and anxiety, respectively. Also, mental health issues are really on the rise among young people in China. According to a survey between 2012 to 2021, some 17.5% of Chinese children and adolescents have mental disorders. That's according to a report by CGTN previously. However, when you look at those people who are suffering from such mental health crisis, they are not really getting adequate help because according to another survey, more than 90% of people surveyed with depressive disorders in China fail to seek treatment and only 0.5% have received adequate treatment. I think the reason behind this, of course, when, as you said, some people are still not really aware of mental health issues, mental health problems, and sometimes they don't really know what's really going on with their mind, with their mental state, and uh, especially in smaller regions, in smaller cities, people still hold a stigma against such mental health crisis. Even though they are aware of the fact that they may need help, they may not really be so willing to say that and to admit their needs aloud because they are worried about being judged or being criticized by people around them. And also, um, I think an, another major reason would be we don't really have enough therapists or psychiatrists in the country. There is still a lack of professional talents in dealing with such issues, because so far China has about 40,000 registered psychiatrists, while the number of people with mental disorders is estimated to be more than 200 million. So there's still like a large gap between the demand and supply. So that's also why some people are arguing that such the trend of the digital uh, mental health tools can also help to solve the problem partly because they may not really as effective as physical counseling or a professional therapy, they can really reach to a larger, uh, say, a large amount of people in reality. Yeah, that's true. Also, we've seen the rise of telemedicine, telehealth care in many countries, especially with a good internet infrastructure like in the US and UK. Josh, do you have some uh, information or observation regarding how telemedicine has developed in the U.S. and U.K. as uh, such countries in recent years when it comes to psychotherapy and support. 
Yeah, sure. Well, psychological support services generally are increasing in popularity all over the world, including the US and the UK. And I think that there are several online therapy platforms that I can think of that are becoming more developed. And because they're becoming more developed and more used, the qualifications that therapists and counselors need in order to just register themselves on that platform are becoming quite strict. So it's becoming much better in that regard. One of the biggest ones is one called BetterHelp. Um, and this is at a surge of users in the US and the UK. In fact, um, they spend quite a lot of money on their marketing, actually, um, which is another conversation, I guess, because this is quite marketable. And we can talk about the amount of money that it costs just to get therapy, which can often be uh, extremely pricey. But anyway, platforms like these, they provide really convenient access, um, you know, through video calls, live chat and messaging, things like this. Um, and it's shown that there's been a real, I mean, this really, it seems to show that there's an increasing demand for online mental health support. So uh, I, I think that this is a good thing, generally. Um, I think that it's good that it gets standardized to some degree. Um, there are there aren't so many of these platforms, actually. There's some really dominant ones in the UK and US, such as BetterHelp. But I guess when we're worried about things like people being properly qualified, this is probably quite a good thing. I think this is a good thing because it just means that, as I said before, the requirements to register as a licensed therapist or counselor on these platforms are increasingly stricter. Mm. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the issue of money, which is huge here. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, I looked at some of the figures from the US. Apparently, their um, remote mental health treatment boomed during the pandemic, and it's still going strong. The pandemic emergency juiced the growth and a slew of regulatory reforms and waivers to Medicare and Medicaid made remote treatment and reimbursement for care possible. And in the U.S., since the pandemic lockdowns and mask mandates ended, a lot of Medicare has gone back to being in person again, but for mental health care, according to APM's marketplace, more than a third of it is still delivered via video, phone, and apps. So it seems like tele-mental health is here to stay, and also a bunch of the bills are being covered by insurance companies, by Medicare and Medicaid as such, and therefore well, the situation seems to be a little bit better for folks if you your bills are covered that way. And also, um, there's one comparison of figures of, is it for a thousand people? There are two psychological professionals for a Chinese person in our country, but there are like 40 in America among a thousand people. So you can see there's quite the disparity when it comes to the talents, the professionals that are available for those in need. So this is definitely one of the issues here in China that needs more attention. And I guess we're giving it the attention here. So Li Yi, looking at the situation here in China, what do you see as the biggest problems or the most urgent ones that need our attention? And if there are some things that the 
regulatory agencies or the government can do or the individual can sort of look forward to? Well, I think since we are discussing about digital mental health tools today, I think this is overall a very promising sector here in China, especially considering uh, the population level of this country. And also, uh, you mentioned the gap between demand and supply in terms of psychological therapies. And also, there remains regional disparities also in China, because in bigger cities, it can be quite easy for you to, as long as you are willing to, to find a psychological therapist. However, in smaller cities, it can be really challenging for you to find such services. So that's why I think to develop, say, digital mental health tools can be one way to help solve this, the issue. However, I think we should also be aware of the legal and also security and also privacy risks embedded with such digital or online counseling or any kind of mental health services. Because when you look at situation in other countries, uh, like U.S., where psychological therapy is more developed, there remain debates over digital mental health tools, especially the regulation about such tools. I mean, who should be supervising such um, services and what kind of uh, services they are providing? And also, are psychologists, are professional mental health doctors mm -hmm. are in the center of the whole process, like say, uh, giving diagnosis and also to help develop all the tools in general. So maybe looking ahead, I think still in China, everything is on the rise, everything is really at the initial phase. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Josh, you're nodding along, you must have something to share. Well, I think that we also have to remember that more generally, we're in the initial phase of understanding mental health as a society, um, appreciating the importance of mental health and psychological issues. It's a pretty new thing. And I think that we really are just now starting to understand some of these things. And I personally, I don't think that we do. I, I don't think that we do understand these things very well. We often talk about spectrums and where people fall and whether people, whether these things can be genetic or developmental or nature, nurture, all of these things. And I think that the most important thing is to just start talking about it. I think the first thing that we need to do as a society is destigmatize it. Um, but yeah, I think more generally, not just in China, but in the world of medicine internationally, we're in at a pretty primitive stage. Indeed, and the human mind is such an intricate and complex place. There's a lot that we still don't understand. And certainly over Zoom or a video call, um, I agree with you guys that it, it might be useful to become that band-aid um, to, to plaster over in an emergency. But... In the long run, as some of these um, psychiatrists who have conducted online therapy sessions say that, yes, this is in high demand, we can provide this over the internet, but there are still a lot of signals you probably will, will miss um, over a video call or like body language is not something you can read so thoroughly during a video chat and sometimes you know zoom or what do we use here in in china uh 10 cent meetings simply doesn't cut it and therefore 
yeah, maybe it boils down to in-person connection and in-person diagnoses is irreplaceable, and、um, seeing your psychiatrist in person is is still the better option, right? I think that it's important to say just before we finish that although we must be careful, and it is really important to check out people's qualifications and. Check that the services that you're looking to give money to are licensed and professional, and are actually going to help you. But I do think that it's important to encourage people if they are suffering to try and reach out in some way or another, because the worst thing is definitely to keep it all to yourself. I think that's definitely the worst thing that could happen. So, whether it's a friend or family or some sort of helpline or something, I think just taking that first step to speaking. To somebody is is really the hardest thing to do and the most important thing. Nicely said. I can't agree with you more. You're listening to Roundtable. Stick around, everybody. We'll be back with more Roundtable discussion.